Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Series 2 of The Daniel Morgan Murder. I'm Peter Jukes. I'm Devia Mir. And we'll be exploring new revelations from the book by Alistair and me and more of the story which no one thought could be told. Kind, generous. I can't close my eyes anymore and see what he looks like. That's gone. Or hear, you know, the sound of his voice or anything. I remember him having his, his watch was his. Mum always says that he, he phoned her one day to say, you know, I've got everything that I wanted in life. I've got a wife, two children, my own business and a Rolex watch. That was Sarah Morgan recalling for the first time in public memories of her father, Daniel. Untold. The Daniel Morgan murder. Now, Daniel's Rolex watch, taken from his wrist on the night of the murder... There were lots of queries about the watch and and suggestions that, you know, we contact watch specialists to track it down. We now have some idea about what happened to that Rolex watch, don't we? Yes, uh, this is all new information since the first podcast. And we now know that within a month of the murder inquiry being launched, an anonymous male called the incident room and he said, it's 100% John Reese is involved and that he'd done the business with the watch. What do we think done the business means? Well, it's a bit cryptic, and the anonymous caller never called back. But if we flash forward 20 years, again, a new bit of evidence. There's a relative of the Vians, Gary and Glenn Vian, the brothers-in-law of Reese, involved in that strange Belmont robbery and also alleged to have been at the Golden Lion car park on the night of the murder. This relative of the Vians said they smashed up the watch and buried it. Well, if that's the case, then at least we've tied up one loose end. Yes, but there are so many loose ends. And in this episode, we're going to look at perhaps the most intractable, most difficult loose end of all. And that's the possible connection between the death of Daniel Morgan in March 1987 and the violent death of DC Alan Taffy Holmes in July that year. Now, just to explain again, this series is really a commentary on series one. We didn't want to take the Morgan family back to that traumatic timeline of 30 years. 
Instead, with the new evidence we found, we wanted to look at things a little bit more analytically. So just to remind us where we are, we are now in April 1987, just after the initial arrests of recent Fillory. Yes, because in Series 1, we told Derek Haslam's story much later on, when he'd become an undercover informant in 1996. But if we're following the strict timeline of events, it's around now, in April 1987, soon after Reese and Fillory are arrested, that Derek Hasler makes an arrest of someone which triggers the whole tragic sequence of events. Indeed, it was precisely this point in April 1987 that Derek Hasler, a constable in the same area of south-east London, made an arrest of a drug dealer called Raymond Gray. And Raymond Gray, after a few days of debriefing, would make massive allegations of police corruption, which would lead to one of the biggest ever internal investigations by the Met, Operation Russell. And it was that investigation that would lead to the violent death of DC Alan Taffy Holmes. Um, let's replay from episode one Derek's account of the death of his friend Taffy. Alan Holmes had gone uh, to meet Ray Adams, ostensibly he was on the golf course shooting bunny rabbits and he got the shotgun. But I also know for a fact that after he had been sufficiently wound up by OJ, Derek's done you, he's the one that's done it. And he turned up, I'd left, but it's a neighbour, ex-neighbour told me that a man fitting Holmes' description had turned up, carrying what appeared to be a shotgun, asking him me. This same shotgun, though never used on Derek Haslam, was used again within days. On the 28th of July, 1987, Taffy's wife came downstairs to find her husband's belongings laid out on the dining room table and a note. She opened the curtains to see her husband sitting on his chair in the garden, a shotgun by his side, killed by a fatal gunshot wound to the chest. I walked into Addington Police Station and someone said, have you not heard? I said, heard what? I said, Taffy's killed himself. He said, I shouldn't tell you this. He said, so you're mentioning a suicide note. His shotgun was laid under his, his right arm, like that. Shot himself in the chest. So there are already three strange things about this alleged suicide. The gunshot to the chest. Yeah, when most police officers who've ever been to a suicide scene no, that could just leave you disabled and injured and they eat the bowel or shoot themselves in the head. And, and the position of the gun at his side. Yeah, because the recoil would have thrown it out if he'd shot himself using his foot. Very unlikely the gun would have fallen just by his side, by his hand. And thirdly, the low blood alcohol. Yeah, especially in a traumatic death, as Derek Hasm says, blood alcohol usually rises, the bacteria in the blood ferments. Now, Taffy was an alcoholic and his blood alcohol was very low. It seems to me strange that you become a teetotaler and stop drinking just about at the time you're going to end your life. But we do have now this staggering new evidence. Yeah, so what we found out in the research of the book is the forensic reports show there were no fingerprints on the shotgun that killed Taffy. So no fingerprints on the gun. How could this happen unless he was wearing gloves? No, he wasn't wearing gloves. Well, it suggests then, doesn't it, that it was wiped clean? Yeah, like the car, like Daniel's car, fingerprints in a photograph come the morning afterwards, no fingerprints on the car. It suggests 
another cleanup. So let's just remind ourselves why Taffy allegedly committed suicide. He was caught up in what was described at the time by a senior commander as the worst allegation of corruption ever to be levelled at the Metropolitan Police. Yeah, Raymond Gray, the drug dealer's allegations, concerned quite a few police officers, but predominantly a very senior officer who'd just taken over the head of criminal intelligence, Commander Ray Adams. Now, as part of Operation Russell, there were no less than 12 criminal allegations against Commander Adams, mainly focused on his relationship with various underworld figures. And unfortunately, Taffy Holmes was a friend of both Ray Adams and Derek Haslam and tried to act as a go-between to find out about the allegations. Yeah, well, that, that's how he got himself into trouble because it is a criminal offence to interfere in a criminal investigation. You're perverting the course of justice, particularly serious, of course, for a police officer. So as soon as the Internal Affairs Department, CIB2, discovered there was a leak, somebody approaching Derek, they managed to work out it was Taffy. And they arrested Taffy and his mistress, Jean Burgess, subjected them to some quite um, high-pressured interrogation. And eventually, I suppose, Taffy cracked. Yeah, because he was in big trouble, supposedly. Well, he had only two choices once he was caught on the hook for breaking the law and breaking police discipline. Either he sort of shop somebody else or he loses his police pension, his job, and potentially goes to prison. And that is not a nice place for police officers. But the tragic thing here is that, according to the suicide note, Taffy believed Derek had betrayed him. Yeah, yeah, this is an unfortunate and very sad twist of events. Partially accidental, a misunderstanding about a time Derek was wearing a wire. But yes, in his suicide notes, twice, Alan Holmes blames that Serpico Haslam for betraying him. But according to Derek, that was a lie. Yeah, but it was published in the press. And this is one of the reasons when we interviewed him on Skype that after a lot of intimidation and threats, Derek Haslam is hounded out of London. It was reported then in the press and the son saying that I'd taped up Alan Holmes. I know where that emanated from now. So not only was the son involved in this misinformation, but um, in your book, you know, you say that this was published also by Alex Marinchak and News of the World. Yeah, for whatever reason, both papers spread the false rumour that Serpico Haslam had secretly taped Holmes, further increasing Derek's isolation and risk of reprisal. And isn't it interesting that Marinchak was not only covering the story of Taffy in the News of the World, he was also acting as a police informant. It's all recorded in Operation Russell. Marinchak tipped off the police that he had been told by a police driver that Ray Adams had met Haslam's boss during the investigation. Uh, but Marinchak backed off that allegation when he was interviewed by them. Hmm. Well, but just, just going back to what happened with Derek, you know, he then had to leave London but still worked for the Met. Yeah, but not as a detective. He ended up liaising with the courts. But even then, he was targeted by death threats. I mean, it must have been really traumatic, you know, to lose a close friend through suicide and, and then get blamed for it. 
Yes, Derek was counselled by the four psychiatrists, but it's almost kind of comic. By this time, there were so many officers traumatised by police corruption coming to visit this psychiatrist, Dr. Farewell, that he wrote to the commissioner of the police asking him, what the hell is going on with your force? Well, Derek says it was like he was having to counsel the psychiatrist. So Derek resigned from the force in 1989. Yeah, he didn't feel safe, but he left with a spotless record. You know, it's such a tragic and disturbing story with the similar elements of police corruption in South London. But let's come back after the break to see if there really is any connection between Taffy's suicide, Derek Haslam and the murder of Daniel Morgan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. To discuss this crucial issue, whether the two violent deaths in 1987, that of Daniel Morgan and Taffy Holmes, are connected, we've invited Alistair Morgan back into studio. Hi, Alistair. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alistair. Welcome back. Now, when did you first become aware of the allegation that the deaths of your brother and Taffy Holmes might be connected? Well, uh, I can't give an exact date, but I think it was probably April 1988 when I received a telephone call from Derek Haslam, who I'd met in the victory uh, together with Jonathan Rees. And he said, I believe that your brother's murder is linked to the death of Taffy Holmes. And when you heard this, what what did you do? 
I think I made a couple of calls during the course of an afternoon uh, and I spoke to first I believe to Malcolm Davidson who told me that he said they were still trying to establish whether Daniel and Taffy knew each other. So they're not confirming and they're not denying it but that's it's a whole year after the murder. I mean is that incompetence? Well there's also two inquests so I think it's probably something worse than incompetence. But let's go through it. We have three witnesses at the moment who say that Daniel and Taffy knew each other. The first one, the most senior one, is like about 10 years later, Dave Wood, who briefs Derek to go undercover, an eight-year undercover mission uh, to investigate Southern investigation. According to Derek. According is. to Derek, but he definitely was an eight-year undercover mission, wasn't he? He was. And he filed intelligence doubt. reports. He was the official CHIS, confidential human intelligence source. He was providing intelligence reports back, and he was helped scope out the place to put the bug in. I mean, he was doing everything. I mean, it's, he was obviously legitimately accepted by the police as a good source of information, rated very high as an intelligence source. So that's one person. The other one, independent of Haslam and Wood, is unfortunately a bit problematic, isn't he, Alistair? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's Jonathan Rees. Now, Rees um, is always going on about Taffy and Daniel knowing each other, apparently. Uh, it's in Haslam Says It. Uh, but more importantly, it's in the public domain. It's in an article written by Alex Marinchak uh, in 1989 where Reese says Taffy and Daniel were as thick as thieves. But there's a problem there, isn't there? Because Reese is not a witness of truth, according by this point to the Hampshire Inquiry, and we could wonder about misinformation. That's correct, yeah. So the whole Daniel Morgan, Taffy Holmes connection for the moment hinges on Derek. He's the only witness who's come forward to talk to us so far. And let's hear when we did talk to him what he said about the Daniel Taffy connection. But obviously the one thing they, they both had in common, that they were both Welshmen as well. Uh, and that, that is a sort of a bond, isn't it? So I think it was a pub in Shirley, there was a thing on. And uh, Holmes was in conversation with Daniel. Reese was there on that occasion. But I never followed it up more. I, I never went into great depths. I knew old Daniel. I think I'd met him once or twice. Uh, and I just I was, I was unaware that they were friends. But it was just that thing when I said to I said to Alan Holmes, "Isn't it a bit dangerous, sort of risky, trying to sell a story to the press?" That mate, uh, and he and he said, "Well, uh, Daniel's going to do the negotiation, and that's that's you know, Daniel Morgan." And, I, and that, I think that was the first time I realised that they were a bit intertwined. There, Derek is saying that um, he was met with Taffy. Taffy was selling a story of massive police corruption to the press, and Daniel was the go-between. Yeah. The funny thing is that figure of 250,000, which seemed inordinate if you just look at it as a newspaper award. He's not the only one to mention that figure, is he, of, from that time? No, Brian Madigan says the same. And he says he was in a curry house, a very specific place, several mm -hmm. weeks before the murder. Taffy was talking about this story of police corruption he was going to sell to the press, and Daniel was negotiating it. Now, 
apart from it sounds vivid to us, Kai Hart, mm. and it says a specific memory, it sounds difficult to make up. There's other corroboration for that figure, isn't there? 250,000 for yeah. the story of these from From Brian Madigan. He's exactly the same man, according yeah. to him, doesn't he? And uh, Brian Madigan also uh, sets the conversation with Daniel at a specific time, in a specific location, and what he said. So, so there's corroboration for Derek's statement about the weeks before the murder. Then we have further corroboration, don't we, obviously? Because he goes and tells the murder inquiry about this conversation. Goes to tell Detective Superintendent Campbell... And there is evidence of that in the inquest, isn't there? There is, there is indeed. Given all of that, it seems really strange that a year later, the police are still telling the Morgan family that they don't know if Daniel and Taffy were friends. I personally now, as we'll see in a moment, if you follow it through, I think Alistair was being misled. But let's just start off, let's just turn it on his head a bit and imagine the chances in that small circle of cops and private detectives in South East London, whether Daniel and Taffy didn't know each other. So uh, let me ask you, Alistair, when Derek approaches you, one of the things he first says to you when that phone call after the inquest is, what's yeah. his first line of approach? He said to me, uh, hi, this is Derek from, you met me in the victory a few weeks back. Yeah. And I said, oh yeah, hi, Derek. Uh, and he said, I'm a Freemason. And I believe that your brother's murder and the death of Alan Holmes are linked. Okay, I thought that was really interesting. Don't you think, Dee? I'm a Freemason. Mm. Now, just the probability of them knowing them, let's be clear, and we discover mm. this, it's, it's partly in the public domain, maybe new information in the book. Alan Holmes, Taffy Holmes, was the master Bencham Lodge, a yeah. big lodge, in the Croydon area, I think. Yeah, he was a senior Freemason. Senior Freemason, master, and he trained Derek Haslam. That's one, yeah. of the, one of these training sessions in South Croydon. They knew each other. They were in a lodge, definitely knew each other. Impossible to escape. Uh, Ray Adams, who's a significant figure in the Taffy Holmes saga, was in Blackheath Lodge. And, of course, Reese, Fillory, Hanrahan, and Leighton. They're all in lodges in South East London. There's lots yeah. of evidence there. Then there's some club they used to go to. Yeah, it's, it was called Brothers in Law. I think it was in Thornton Heath. Given those fraternal Masonic connections and all the police connections in South East London and, of course, all those pubs, how could Daniel not have met Anne and Taffy Holmes? Exactly. It seems, you know, they were all in the same circles. They moved in exactly the same circles. I think it would be unlikely that he didn't, shall we say. But there is another link, isn't there? Because even if we can only guess the connection between Taffy and Daniel before Daniel was murdered, we do know that the Welsh detective was involved in the investigation. Yes, we have more detail on that now too. Taffy was part of the Central Drug Squad and was involved in this rather extensive operation called the Collection Plan, looking at major drug dealers, just around the time of Daniel's murder. And was involved in an operation called Operation Wimpy, which was looking at drug dealers in South London, and they had one of the drug dealers under surveillance. They had a intercept on his phone. They called it On the Bell in the Days. Well, anyway, Taffy apparently contacted the Daniel Morgan murder inquiry, the first one, with information from an intercept between their target talking to one of the Vian brothers about the murder of Daniel and how a famous London gangster, Joey Pyle, was out of the country trying to find out what was happening before it's safe before he could return. 
So we're back to the Vians and the Hart Pub. Well, let's hear what Derek had to say about them. Well, I knew the Vians being, yeah, were, were heavily in the drug uh, sort of supply. That was no secret. I mean, say down the Harp, the Harp Public House, which was one Reese used and uh, Laurie Button as well. We had his leaving do. Uh, yeah, they were they were sort of quite feared. And I, I was aware that Holmes, what they were doing, they were targeting this, because of this collection plan, they were targeting Joey Pyle, the Richardsons, Charlie uh, Cray, and all these ones. And they were all, all that lot were all part and parcel of uh, consortiums that were dealing in cannabis from Spain. Now, from all the work we've done us on the book, and we're both pretty convinced, aren't we, that the police were deceiving you or misleading you in 1988 when they told you they were still investigating whether Taffy and Daniel knew each other. And I say this, well, look, let's share with the listeners some of the book because they seriously investigated it back in 1987. Three detectives on the murder squad followed up these allegations of a major expose of police corruption. D.C. Kinley Davis, D.C. Noel Cosgrave, and D.C. Michael Crofts. They established that Daniel Morgan had been to Private Eye and another paper and expected to get £10,000 for his story. They also tried to contact one of Daniel's known media contacts, Anton Antonovich, at the Daily Mirror. Then they found a third witness to corroborate Haslam and Madigan. Peter Wilkie Wilkins, the former cop who worked for Southern Investigations, also told the detectives that Daniel had a story of major police corruption and was going to sell it to the press. Wilkins claimed that Daniel was in contact with an investigative journalist from a Fleet Street Sunday. Armed with this new information, in June 1987, DC's Davis and Crofts suggested that the murder of Daniel Morgan was connected to a major story of police corruption involving Taffy Holmes, Ray Adams and the multi-million pound Brinksmat bullion robbery in 1983. A publican in Shirley, who knew both Crofts and Wilkins, recalled them talking about how Daniel was going to the newspaper and thought the murder was something to do with Kenneth Noy paying off policemen. The allegations were taken seriously enough by their senior officer, Detective Superintendent Campbell, that they were told to circulate them on high-priority green forms. Far from being rewarded for their diligence, that summer, Cosgrave, Davis and Crofts were all dropped from the murder inquiry. Someone clearly didn't want the connection between Daniel and Taffy to be made. That's right. And they still don't. I mean, there is an amazing reluctance of anybody to come forward about this. It's as if that connection between Daniel and Taffy is too catastrophic, relates to a conspiracy too high up for anybody still to deal with it. It's such a web, isn't it? Yeah, and these threads are not easy to follow. But the question is, who spun this web? Well, that's what we're still trying to find out. Next episode, we'll go undercover, wearing a wire in the pubs and restaurants of South East London, as the first Morgan murder investigation morphs into a second inquiry. <laughs>
and we hear, on tape, the conspiracy to kill Daniel a year before it happened. Episode 3 was produced by Peter Jukes and Devia Amir. Music by Shemaili Mir. Additional music support by Daniel Pike and Incompetech. A Flameflower Duende production. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.